You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast, Valley in the Vig. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40 Something's Podcast, uh, back again for another episode on this manic Monday, June 7th. We are in the Gemini sun, and the summer has uh, embarked onto us, and uh, it was a pretty good weekend here out on the Front Range at the Rocky Mountains in Denver, and uh, hey, Valley, how was it back east? It was gross today. It's hot and muggy. It's too hot. Like I walked outside today, it was eight o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, shit, it's hot already. That sucks. So I was gonna mow the lawn, but I don't want to have a stroke doing it. So we're not gonna do that today. What we're gonna do today, Vig, is we're gonna talk about our old boy Elon Musk. He's tweeting some things again, costing me fucking money. As as us all, and if you're involved um in the crypto sphere and at all in the crypto space, uh, you were definitely feeling this guy, uh, his influence on things. Um, but over the week, uh, it was definitely a little bit more of a risque type of tweeting, uh, manic, manicness, if you would say that. <laughs> um, so, uh, we could get right into that. He, he seems to be like really leaving his mark on the cryptocurrency space as in the infinite, uh, uh, niacent cryptocurrency space right now and uh, had some treats over the weekend that were kind of eye-catching, uh, eye- eyebrow-raising, and uh, we'll talk about that today. Why did you call me a cum rocket via text today? Oh, I think you, so that's... Uh, is it because I was, brought, is it because I brought up, I brought up your sister? I'm sorry. No, no, so the, the, the cum rocket was, is, is a, is a new token. But it's spelled C-U-M, isn't it? But it's spelled C-U-M, and it's actually known as Cummings. Uh, The the actual token is Cummings um, with a a, uh, a symbol of C-U-M, right, on. And you can trade it on some of the decentralized exchanges. It's not actually available on any of the major exchanges. And uh, it's really not used for much, but it, it spiked as high as 21 cents over the weekend from under a penny because of Mr. Musk saying, come rocket to the moon. <laughs> that wasn't a legitimate tweet, was it? It was something to that, to that effect. Come uh, rocket I, to the moon. Holy I'm shit. Sure. It's spelled C-U-M rocket. Come rocket. Not, you know, not to pay attention to any of this really, but. Cum rocket. So a cum rocket. If you guys, uh, let's let's see what cum rocket means in the Urban Dictionary. And cum rocket is when you masturbate so hard that your semen is propelled twelve point seven feet. I don't know where they got twelve point seven feet. Though. That's yeah, the official number there. That's uh, quite unique. Well, you know why? Because it's it's metrics, man. We're in the you know it's metric system. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Okay. So that's a cum rocket in my day. These kids today with the new cum rockets, now they can make money. So you so it multiplied well over 20 times. So if you had a thousand bucks in there, you made 20 G's. Yeah, and that's how this is working these days. Um, 
you know, based on some of these tweets, uh, you might have made a lot of money and then lost a lot of money. And I think that's what's starting to have an effect on people and on Elon Musk as he was hacked by the uh, the anonymous hacker group who let out a tweet and uh, it said that they were infiltrating some of his company's systems to try to, uh, <laughs> in response to being irresponsible with and, and causing a lot of people um, to affecting their net worth, if they were trying to better their lives through cryptocurrency, you really have been suffering these last couple of weeks uh, due to this guy and his tweets. And this guy is supposed to be the chief, chief innovative officer of Earth. And uh, it's kind of being a little irresponsible here. Um, but that just goes to show you the power that one man has has become in just a short amount of time. And uh, he, he basically can send markets reeling, really. And uh, it kind of beats the point of the of cryptocurrency markets and decentralized finance, because this was supposed to give everybody a chance to get involved and and, uh, you know, prosper. And here you have one person who bought billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and affects that price based on his tweets. So now he controls things and he knows that. And uh, this is where we are. Well, let's not forget, though. I mean, we can bitch about him all we want about how he's costing us thousands and thousands of dollars. If you own a coin, you can make the argument Elon Musk cost you what, $20,000, $25,000, if you bought a coin at one of its high points. Sure. So that being said, though, a lot of his tweets caused Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, in particular Dogecoin, and now come, and now come Bucket, whatever that's called, come Bucket shoots up 21 cents. So the point is, is that is now he helps him in good ways, helps in bad ways, and he seems un emotionally uninvested. Is this man a sociopath at this point? Yeah, that's a good point you make. And honestly, I'd be leaning towards yes, that he is. And we were going over some of the definitions of that in an earlier, uh, where we kind of just did some pre-production Friday night and didn't really, didn't really actually shoot the shoot the uh tr pull the trigger on an episode really uh friday night but we were talking about definitions of psychopaths sociopaths narcissists and, and toxicity and uh, i think that this is starting to get a little toxic with elon Musk right now and um you know he, he's he, i feel like that he's hedging a a a, 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 a a flourishing market and a and a new uh opportunity for people to get involved and, and this guy's just kind of like you know, sticking his dick here in the middle of it, being like, ah, I do what I want, right? Ah, to this, to, you know. But is he bringing Honestly, balance? No, absolutely not. Do you think he's bringing balance to this? Well, he was one of the biggest reasons crypto took off the way it did. You, you can't deny that. That's what I'm saying. There's a yin and okay. yang with Elon Musk here. It's not like all evil, all bad, because guess what? You and I both made a lot of money because he tweeted a couple of things. I made a ton of money on Dogecoin the weekend leading up to Saturday Night Live. And I was fortunate I sold around 50 cents uh, as it was all, as we know, it was up, up around 70, 71. Mm -hmm. But I sold around 50. Uh, and it was out of necessity. It wasn't because I was, I was just panicked because I needed to sell money to pay for something. I have a very, uh, very large crack addiction, clearly. Okay. Yeah.
But so this guy has also, I, we benefited from his tweets as well. So I think painting him as this dark guy who's just fucking people up is a little wrong because, again, it's gambling. And this is a sense of gambling, like stocks are. And so it's like you got to kind of take the good with the bad with Elon Musk in my in my estimation. So I'm a little bit different on your opinion about Elon Musk, I think. Okay. I'm just a little annoyed. I was I was involved in this a couple of years before this got is now starting to go into the mainstream, and that's good. And I understand your point because he is he exposed a lot of lot more people to cryptocurrencies who got involved. And uh, but yeah, if you got involved with Dogecoin, you definitely were gambling as you as you really are with most uh, investments on say the stock market and especially on the crypto market. Um, I, I've said this many times on on the program over the last couple of months. I'm not impressed by Dogecoin. I don't really see the utility in it at all. Um, I know it's basically um, a, a ghost coin. Really, it doesn't serve a purpose besides to be pumped and dumped, and that's what it was. So if you got in and you got and you made a ton of money off it, great. You know, you just as could you just as well could have bet on the Yankees or. Bet on Tom Brady back in February or do these other things because that's really what it is. As as you'll know that uh, sports betting has actually become in the mainstream and it's illegal here in Colorado. So we see here and see it on the billboards and on the radio all the time. Uh, you can place bets on all kinds of sports games here in the state. And it's basically the same the same type of thing. And uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people are kind of getting caught up in this at this time. Yeah, not only that, I mean, that is sports betting. I mean, you got FanDuel, you got the other one, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Well, there's that, Fred. Yeah. There's, no, there's a few betting apps and legal schmeagle. If you can have some kind of legal residence in a state like Pennsylvania, it's also legal. You can bet anything. It, it's crazy. You know, I, and it, it gives more people an opportunity to succeed, but it also gives people an opportunity to have a bigger, have bigger eyes in their stomach when it comes to gambling and bit mm -hmm. and Bitcoin and Elon Musk. I think it's just, again, I mean, he, he next week can be like, you know, I really like Bitcoin. Actually, he could change his mind like a fart in a wind. It doesn't matter. And Elon Musk, apparently, at least in the short term is going to be part of the equation when you invest in your cryptocurrency you have to take into account what he's going to say but the thing is he's been pretty inconsistent as of late he turned on a dime with bitcoin he turned on a dime on dogecoin mm -hmm. and now and he's we, in the cum buckets sure sure we had reviewed this uh previous episode about how bitcoin is not a sustainable uh cryptocurrency that takes up a lot of electricity to be mined and therefore it was a was really an about face to what Tesla's mission is. But I think what this comes down to is I don't think a lot of people were buying Tesla's with Bitcoin. And I think the the board of shareholders noticed that. And uh, and then of course they talked about the sustainability, but that's actually going to innovate the space. It's going to force the Bitcoin mining community to become more sustainable. And I think when that happens, it'll then be presented in a tweet and things will start to move upwards again. So if you can hang on through this, I feel that you will be rewarded towards the end of the year. But uh, as for a peak in September, I, I think we're way off of that now. Things can change in a heartbeat. You know, um, it, it, it's just basically just to strap on and ride and not to try to like short the market. And, and when you 
when you when you do that, I, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't really have a huge effect on you. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the long game, which I think you're going to have to be, like you mentioned several times, if you you can cut and run, as we said, but it's very very tricky. And I actually got caught up. Very tricky. And I got caught up. I got burned by Dogecoin once, but I made it back. But when Dogecoin first went went from one cent to five cents, um, I bought at five. I think at five or six cents, it went up, and then I bought more at like eight cents, mm-hmm. and then it crashed back down to five. And then at that, but I bought in a lot at eight, and then I, it crashed, and then I lost a ton of money, and I actually cut before it went back up. But then I did buy a bunch more when I had more money. Again, this is all based on my needs and needing money. But I cut before it went to 21. But I bought it at 21, and then I made the money then, and then we talked about it. So I got lucky. But a lot of people probably bought in, as you said, Bitcoin at 55000 Doge at like 50000 at 50 cents. 50 cents or like the whole Saturday Night Live thing. Going into that, it was pumping. And I, t- I was hanging with some guys over the weekend that were buying into it leading up to the Saturday Night Live episode. And that's actually where you would have made your money if if, if you had sold, um, you know, be- before that episode aired because then it crashed 34% after that. So this, this, is, this is kind of how this space works. Um, and this is what people were doing with Bitcoin, you know, a few years back. And now you have the Dogecoin. And now... You have some of these other ones, uh, but they're actually referred to as as meme coins. And uh, you have some of the same things happening on the stock market right now with AMC. AMC crashed, uh, you know, pretty significantly, like we were we were thinking it was. And the the funny part about that was is that the CEO said that the company in general was going to be selling a load of shares because they never expected really the the, the share value to go up so much. So they were like. Well, well, we're going to short sell this and use the money to to build our company back, um, and then that you know crash. But it's actually up pretty significantly this morning, as is BlackBerry, um, which and honestly, I don't know if you know anybody that uses a BlackBerry still nope. or at all. Nope. Okay, yeah. So you know, kind of like, do you know anybody that goes to GameStop on a regular basis? Uh, anything that would justify the stock being one hundred and forty five bucks a share? So you you have these things happening, um, and this is uh, this is you know this is part of a, of, of a of a growing class warfare in this country, where you have the rich and the rich got richer through coronavirus, Absolutely. or got poorer, and then there's people like us who are somewhere in the middle. You know, people I've been I was yeah you know, I finally got out this weekend and was socializing with people, and I was kind of asking people where they where they sit on this, and a lot, a lot of people were like somewhere in the middle. You know, it's some good things happens, some bad things happened. Uh, so it's it, it been a shitty and a, and a good year in the same way. And depending on what, what that was is, is, is depending on where you're sitting on the other side of this. Um, so I, I just think there's, this is going to go on now for a while. Um, and uh, I feel that our, our Congress is too wrapped up in like rewriting the voting uh, set up here right now in this country uh, that to even really pay attention to this. Uh so it remains to be seen what the rest of this year, how the rest of this year will play out. I'll tell you what, and I'd like to get into that voting thing. It's real simple. Republicans know a lot of their policies are not populist policies. They make themselves act like they are. We're for the people, small government, small government. Yeah, okay. 
but they're not really for small government. They're for pharmaceutical companies. They're for the alcohol companies, at least in Pennsylvania, because they're fighting tooth and nail to keep marijuana from legal status. Okay. And they continue to do so. That's a very unpopular opinion. So they're not really strong about it. They're not vocal about it. They say, oh, we don't have time for it. But they're giving a middle finger to their constituents. And a lot of their policies are like that. A majority of Americans want abortion to continue to be legal. That's a fact. A majority of Americans think that citizens should have their guns on the other side of the table. But at the end of the day, these Republicans want to suppress the vote because if they know if poor brown, poor people, but particularly poor brown people vote, they don't win elections. And they know it. They know it in their gut. They know it in their heart. It's just that simple. So they are coming up with, oh, there's fraud, there's fraud, there's fraud. There's no proof of fucking consistent fraud. So they're scaring their, uh, their actual constituents that are supporting them, they're scaring them into fighting for people not to be able to vote easily and make their voice heard. And that is the disgusting part of the Republican Party. They are frauds. And I'm not saying the Democrats aren't, but the Republicans are just so much based on your emotion and your pain and your fear. They are the party of fear. They pretend like they're not. They pretend like that it's all the liberals crying. Oh. At the end of the day, they're, they're the ones that are pumping their constituents with fear. With fear. We're losing our country. We're changing. We're going to be communists. Gay people, all our kids are going to turn gay. They're turning, they're, they're experimenting, trying to turn frogs gay. Those are really things that are being said by the right. This isn't me making shit up. They're scaring you. See through their bullshit, just like you see through the Democrats' bullshit. There's enough there. So several states are putting up on the platform a a voter uh, change, changing the way you would vote here in this country, uh, requiring an ID uh, and to, like a proof of address, and uh, this would uh, inadvertently affect uh, minorities and people of color from voting in some of these states. And it's, I think, close to know, 38 states or something thinking about doing this. Um, the, the Texas House had actually put up a vote and the Democrats walked out to prevent the vote. And uh, this would really help the Republicans in the, the, the up, upcoming 2022 midterm election and, of course, the 2024 election, which at this time is looking more and more closely like uh, Mr. Trump would be back on the ballot for that um, if there isn't any indictments coming coming down before them or how those would work. But so you could see where this is going. This would be so if the truth is really is that when black people vote in this country, things go one way. And when they don't, things go another way. And that was actually readily seen this past election so by requiring these these uh these parameters really to to vote you know they could uh quote unquote prevent voter fraud and you know basically curtail the vote for 
for them uh, for, you know, it would be basically really prevent people of color from voting. I don't know what's going to go on, man. You know, it just remains to be seen what's, uh, cause it honestly, I, I was actually hanging out with a bunch of guys that were all, and I know they're all secretly Trump voters. They're not the typical like white um, Trump type, you know, rural type voter. They're actually working class. Um, some are actually ethnic, uh, have ethnic backgrounds. Um, and, and actually you would know that by this past election is that a lot of Cuban Americans voted for Trump because they know how Castro can be. They know how socialism and, and communism can be. Same with uh, Brazilians. Um, they actually feel that way too. And I, uh, I know that some of um, this has an effect on on, on, on Americans that live here in this country. So it, it's kind of a weird time, really, because honestly, I, I can't say I'm completely satisfied with the administration that's going on, right? I, I mean, I, I think things are a lot calmer, so to speak. It depends on how you look on that. Some people don't think it's a lot calmer at all. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I'm not like particularly really impressed by the current administration at all. I was, I, wasn't expected to be impressed. Mm. I just didn't want tweets that caused Americans and people fighting with each other left and right. And they're still fighting. Yeah. Fighting yeah. was happening way before Trump. I'm not saying, look, this was like a blender, just keeping going around and round and round, but it was on a slow mix. Trump was like putting the blender on fast and it was the whirlwind of hate and anger under Trump. It's not quite as bad now. I'm sorry. It's not. But it's still bad. Yeah, it's more of an underlining bad now. Um, a more of a suppressed bad. Uh, which which could lead to things getting worse. Uh, it, you know, once again, it remains to be seen, really. I think if Donald Trump is able to run in, in 2024... The darkest days of America are still ahead of us. I I feel that there is a huge investigation going on right now with the Trump Organization, and it needs to be seen what's going to happen with that. But I do feel that there are going to be some indictments coming down for that, and I think they will include Mr. Trump. I think they will include his um, controller. Uh, I think will. I think I think Ivanka will be indicted, um, and it, I think that will have to play out over the next couple of years, and then that will that will probably set the path for how the 2024 election would be.